0: Hi everyone, everyone, and and welcome welcome to episode 24 of of Did Did You You Watch The Race? This week we'll be reviewing the Monza Grand Prix, which saw Max Verstappen set a new record for the most consecutive wins. I'm Jason, and I've been watching F1 for the last 15 years or so. I'm Colm,
1: and I've been watching F1 for four years.
2: I'm producer and social social media manager Gemma, and I've been watching F1 for four years too.
1: We've a couple of special guests with us today as well.
0: They might hear them intermittently through the episode, and maybe for a bit of F-pun at the end couple of general service announcements before we start that a big happy birthday to our social media manager and lulululula Gemma <laughs>
2: Woo! thank you one and all
0: and this will be my last episode for a little while so i'm going to be heading to australia with nicole very shortly Woo! so we're actually going to be stopping over at singapore grand prix on the way you know it just happened to be on the way so we figured we may as well you know so you might you see that sarcastically but that's genuinely what happened <laughs> <laughs> So you might see a few extra bits around the Grand Prix on our Instagram at that stage and on my own. So keep an eye for that. But then, yeah, so we'll have a few friends on intermittently for the next few episodes while I'm getting set up.
2: To feel the Jason-shaped void in our life. Um, we will be having, uh, Column and myself we will be having, did you watch the race on Friends?
1: Many ginger friends.
2: There actually will be. No, there won't be. There won't be, any, <laughs> there
1: won't be any ginger friends.
2: No, there won't be. So look forward to that. We're going to be having some friends of ours on to review the race with us and have a little bit of fun. And in between, it will just be myself and Colm. So everyone try not to miss Jason too much.
1: Some may have the same tactical knowledge as Jason. Majority won't.
2: <laughs> so we get stuck into the Monza review. Did you watch the race?
0: I oh, did watch the race. Did you watch the race? Yeah, did indeed. I did I thought it was a pretty decent race by and large Um, yeah it was a really good one I was very happy with it yeah I would have liked to see Science maybe hold on for a little bit longer to make it a bit more exciting but in fairness 15 laps is a fairly good uh, round for it was 14 more laps than I was expecting Science to get to be honest yeah 100% yeah
2: yeah, I really thought on the first quarter it was going to be all over. So well done, Sainz.
0: Now, obviously, there was a large portion of Max sitting back be like, ha <laughs> look at his
1: tyres, look at his sliding, yeah. you know. Yeah, in fairness, he, was, he made good decisions by this time because he knew he'd do it eventually. Yeah, it was just complete risk reduction for him. It was,
0: I'll get him. There's, there was zero panic. And then even once he did get him, there was zero panic in him getting away again afterwards. So Max played the race quite, <laughs> Max, Max just
1: played the race as he... Needed to, and as he has been doing for the last two seasons, basically. Yeah, I think he's gotten more experience. You can tell, like he's he's a lot calmer. <laughs> I think obviously there's less. He's less invested now. I think he's pretty sure he's won, so there's no reason to push. So that's
0: I seen uh, somebody making a comment of like now that Lawson is doing quite well in it and Ricardo. So the rumours of Ricardo at the minute. Are, unfortunately, he won't be back to Qatar. There's, oh really? They haven't ruled him out yet of Singapore, but that seems to be what they're targeting for him but that Max kind of won the title in Qatar. So they'll just bring Danny Rick in for Max and let them play away. <laughs> so yeah. what's Max left to do this year? Like, I'm pretty sure he could stop right now and would probably still win. Yeah, I'd say so. Because Checo has to win pretty much every race to get back, isn't he? I think what? It's a it's 140 points gap. So Checo would need to win six races. How many's left? Eight? Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. Eight. Is it even?
2: And of course then he's broken the record for most consecutive amount of wins, as we discussed mm. a little bit last week, but now it's the the new record has been set.
0: Yeah. Time. And does he have the thirteen in the season yet? No, probably not actually. Thirteen is in a single season is the most one. He
1: Yeah. Yeah, got he got four and then yeah. and then check a one one. Yeah, so I mean he'll comfortably get that as well. So that's the
0: last of Vettel's records. Well, he'll never get the youngest world champion.
2: Then let's talk about Red Bull's second driver then, which is Perez, who came P2 this week, which is uh, as good as he's going to get.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where did he
2: start? P- P- five. Five. Okay. Yeah. Took him a while to get to P2.
0: Yeah. And I even think he was possibly a little bit fortunate that, you know, science was really fighting for the win. The difference in P two and P three for science wasn't, you know, wasn't as big as a difference from P one to P two or three. Obviously, that's but what I mean is, I think science just wanted to be on the podium. He didn't really care about points, whereas Perez would have wanted to be on the podium in oh, second.
1: Yes, I think it meant more to Perez, but also at the same time, I think Ferrari, like especially for how they've been doing this year, I think getting second would mean massive thing to them. Like, do you mean in the race or the constructors? No, in the race. I meant. Oh, okay. And um, in the constructors, like definitely, yeah. Like that's the only thing available, yeah. It, really? <laughs> I
0: think, but yes, yeah, sorry. My point was mostly that, yeah, that science had spent so much time fighting Max, both emotionally and physically. That car was spent tires wise. You could see Leclerc was all over him then, as well. After that, so I think Perez had a fairly handy job in theory of getting past him once he after after what science had been doing for the whole race. So I think it's a P two for Perez, but not a not a shining example of one versus some of the ones he's had maybe this year where he's had to actually fight for it, you know. That's fair enough.
1: He did, in fairness though, he did uh, overtake signs quicker than Max. Yeah. But obviously he was trying literally every (laughs) lap when Max tried, I think Max tried like three times maybe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and he kept trying the same move. I think we've talked about this previously before as well where you see like some of the great tryers. So like Max has been doing it recently. Alonso always does it, Hamilton does it, they'll shape somebody up for three or four laps, then do something completely different and overtake them. Perez just seemed to be keeping doing it and being like, I'm going to wait until science makes a mistake, and that's how I'm going to get past him, basically. There was no ingenuity in his moves.
1: It was, I'm on the outside going into T1. Let's see where, where which it, curve but, I hit this time. <laughs> but he did, that wasn't the only thing he tried. He did try and get some moves on the on the was the curve Grande? Uh, i outside like, curve off curve Grande, Yeah, yeah. So like it wasn't it wasn't completely one dimensional. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But also in fairness, also Max Max didn't try anything. He just waited. Yeah, which is in fairness with his Ferrari is probably a good strategy. Uh, yeah,
0: as in Max went more laps without overtaking signs. But less attempted overtakes before overtaking him kinda. Yeah, his accuracy is a bit higher.
2: Okay, no one has anything to add on Red Bull apart from what we've already talked about many a time.
0: I think we can go to a Mercedes then where I can uh eat not humble pie, but <laughs> directly contradict what I said previously and I'm supposed to start with Hamilton's awful move on Piastri.
2: Oh yeah. yeah what
0: it the was, fuck? I don't even think it was what frustration. What was your opinion on
2: that, Jason? Oh, I
0: think he just made a mistake. Yeah, why why were
1: you talking about eating eating humble pie?
0: As in Max I had said, Max Alonso Hamilton
1: usually learn and then overtake. Oh yeah, no, I genuinely think that was just a just a uh, I think an oversight like, from Hamilton. Like I don't think like there's no way he was that was intended. Like he just oh
2: no, no but it was still like stupid. Like
1: yeah, from yeah. Hamilton,
2: come on.
0: I think overall at the weekend he just seemed a bit off the pace during qualifying. During the race, obviously he kind of the car came to him a bit in that second stint when he was on the mediums. That was a decent strategy. It seemed to work
1: out quite well for them. In, on his medium stint, yeah, it was pretty decent. Yeah, uh, I think their car handled quite well. Like, obviously not as well as Ferrari, on obviously not Red Bull. But like in terms of where they came, I think they handled it better than the other kinda not midfield cars, but the that best upper of the midfield cars, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: yeah, I think it was just a clumsy Yeah, I think it was just a mistake. I like mm. plain and simple.
2: He seemed to be struggling with his tires a lot, actually, during the whole race. Or else like the F1 TV was playing a lot of radio where he was complaining about his tires. On the
0: hards, yeah, yeah. He was a bit of a sitting duck, I suppose, in terms of... Not that he was getting overtaken a lot, but just couldn't really get at and going. And that's why the car just seemed to come alive once he had onto the mediums. Cruised through that. Got that penalty, obviously, from that instant, and still was able to comfortably kind of get past Norris, Alonso, Norris, Albon, and then close out that gap. But he had a bit of free air in front of him.
2: So what do you fit? What did he finish? P five. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was. I no mean. No. P six. It was P6. Russell. P five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it was, was it... Red Bulls, Ferraris, and then Mercedes. Marks, yeah.
2: So Russell then had a really good Recovery. race. Yeah, I would say for
1: what? well he started. P four. Oh. Yeah, but he got the penalty for yeah. that incident, and he managed to. He was pretty much uh, once it was like lap. 20 maybe and then he was pretty much by himself in the race. yeah he held off Perez for a good while as
0: well that was another one Perez tried one of them moves and yeah. bailed out immediately and it was like why are you trying to push me across and he was like he was not that close to you Sergio
1: <laughs>
2: yeah it was like you could just hear immediately once that happened and yeah. it was like oh wait for the radio
1: but I feel like um, when you're when you're driving or when drivers make mistakes or if anything happens at all the first thing every driver does is try and get The Stewart's on their side. Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Nicole has just reviewed the
0: hamilton Piastri incident. What's your analysis? Yeah, I think you just didn't see him. Lewis apologised. Oscar accepted the apology. Yeah. Nothing you can do about it.
1: And then Piastri bought a dartboard. It
0: was a a racing (laughs) incident. Yeah,
1: yeah, so that was...
0: Hamilton apologised, apparently went up straight after... In well, while Piastri was still in the car, and apologized to him. So, yeah, he said it was his fault straight away. Yeah,
2: that's fair. We love to see accountability. Well,
0: mm-hmm. I think I suppose it's easy in that kind of case as well, where oh
2: yeah,
0: it was yeah,
1: suck my balls, mate. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and also if that was like for that that had happened with, I don't think he would have done that. God no. What was your uh, take on while we're speaking to Mercedes as well? Hamilton's comments about Verstappen's teammates. Being shite, basically, compared to any teammate he's had, it's not wrong. Ah,
2: uh, I don't know though.
0: Oh no, it's objectively correct, but it's just a. It's such an obvious. But like bait. He's,
2: he's, it's a bait, and then he's also. I don't want to say clutching at straws because Lewis Hamilton doesn't need to clutch at straws, but as in like his his quips and his like. He's come at Max from all angles, and now he's kind of run out of angles. So it's like, how else can I shit talk yeah. Like
1: Also, I feel like if was, if that was bait for Max, that is just that is shit. Because like, I don't think Max is going to bite on that at all. Sergio will. Sergio will be like, you prick. Yeah, it's way more of a slide. Yeah, on <laughs> Max, would just be like, yeah, I'm class lad.
2: Yeah, it's like you're such a good driver. You make your second drivers look shit. Yeah. It's like think about that one for a second, Hamilton, and how that sounds.
0: I don't like. I didn't see it as. Because Max came back about being mind games ever. And it is, first, as in, just as in my reading of it, I can just kind of throw away a throwaway comment. But we've talked about this before where Hamilton is terrible at making a Snyder mark because it, he delivers it so deadpan. Like, if Alon- Alonso has said that about Hamilton and similar about, oh, it's always the car or whatever. And it's like, oh, haha. You know, he's like, oh, is he right? Is he wrong? Blah, blah. blah. But it's never like a mind game thing taken up that way whereas I feel like everything like this slightly controversial that Hamilton says tends to be you know like Hamilton slams Verstappen's teammates
1: not like yeah but you're not going to read a comment when, like Lewis casually says oh shit yeah, <laughs> yeah actually i would read that article (laughs)
0: yeah he's just
2: looking for the airtime now he doesn't get much of the camera on him anymore
0: (laughs) yeah and there's definitely that element of you know it's been 10 years since we've seen so it's 10 years since hamilton moved to mercedes so since 2014 he's been basically winning so it's been 10 years since we've seen him on the kind of the jealousy side of the sport and green doesn't look great on him (laughs)
2: <laughs> he's probably. also just a smart <laughs> <laughs> he's a good-looking man <laughs> everything looks good on him uh i think also he's incredibly intelligent and he's had like how many years to craft like the art of manipulation uh not even manipulation that's a bit harsh but do you know like the slide digs the psychology behind it like he's very good at that like getting under people's skin yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he is good at getting under people's skin. I feel like people are good at getting under his skin. Uh, no, well, like, you look at Rosberg. It was well documented that Rosberg
0: retired after 2016 because that was... He was just like, it took so much
1: to beat Hamilton Yeah, leaving yeah. the sport. But yeah. that's what I'm saying, as in, like, it took so much for him because he had to be on top of everything. But it, I don't... Like, Hamilton... For, like, I haven't... I wasn't there during that season. But I watched the full year review or whatever. But it seemed more like nico was getting under lewis's skin and then lewis would just lash out that's yeah
0: exactly but that was after they've been teammates for three years at that point and hamilton had comfortably enough beaten him for
1: three years yeah but not i don't think that was mind games i think that was just lewis being better like but, it, but it's a combination of all of that maybe you know, he
2: learned from the best from Nico.
1: yeah i was thinking more that like he's he's not had to do any of this for so long that he's out of practice. <laughs>
0: Well, I think a lot of it's been against his teammates, so it would have all been internal within teams, not necessarily what we're seeing in the press, and that's what kind of Rossberg alluded to—that it was. Do you only look at his first season with Alonso when he was a rookie, like Alonso feeling like he was getting pushed out of the team? Now, obviously, McLaren rallying around a British driver, fair enough, but also going ham or like full on against a two-time reigning world champion doesn't sound that believable unless there's strings being pulled in the background. And that's what even Button has mentioned this previously, because obviously he managed Russell at Williams, that he was like, Russell, you, basically he was like, he needs to go in, meet his engineers, bring them out for a couple of dinners every, you know, every so often, because that's the only way he'll get a head up on Lewis, who's because he's been there, you know, for a period of time. He's like, you need to go in and sway as many people within the team to you immediately to kind of progress against Hamilton, because there's the only way you'll be able to do it. Yeah, so we'll have to see kind of I think I suppose seeing what Russell is like now over the next while will kind of explain a bit more what Hamilton has been like but yeah I think it's just playing there's nothing going on about him so remind everyone that his titles are more <laughs> worthy they, I mean they all do it
1: like Alonso multiple times has made these kind of jibes the, you know I feel like it, it, it seems more like things have more weight when Alonso does it and maybe because he says it with more venom But whenever Hamilton makes comments, yeah, I think you've said it, like, he just makes them real casually. They don't seem... No, and then the media just... Yeah. Flies around them, yeah. But, like, it'd be so easy to be like, oh, sure, Hamilton didn't mean that, so... (laughs) So, Ferrari then,
0: obviously, much better weekend from them all around. I think it's pretty much as good as it could have went for them.
2: Ah, it could have got better.
1: Exc- excluding ex- excluding Red Bull DNFs, it's as good as it could have went, really, for them. Yeah, pretty much. Science had an absolutely fantastic race. Um, His defending for the entire race, obviously, was brilliant. Yeah, it's probably
0: the best weekend I've seen versus Leclerc out of Science uh, since he started in Ferrari. Like, where they were both fairly on it, you know, with very little issues outside of, kind of,
1: the usual Ferrari. Do you mean when both of them are in top form, like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair, yeah. I think, obviously, like, if you look at the chart, if you look at the points tables, he's obviously being outperforming him for the season as a whole. But yeah, yeah I think it's when, when they're both on form, yeah, that this is the first time where he's come out on top. It's a...
0: Yeah, bar maybe Silverstone last year, but even then, Silverstone last year, Leclerc had issues during the race. So, yeah, a re- really good. And like, it's coming a perfect time for him as well. I feel like there's a bit of pressure on him in that team internally. there
1: has been a lot of kind of... Especially if there's rumours of, uh, Hamilton going there. I know we touched on that like, a while ago, but, they're
2: they really talked nice. about it on some major podcast I hear uh, last yeah.
1: week. <laughs> Did they?
2: Well well we won't know because it hasn't come out yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was basically the perfect weekend from him. So fair play. And Leclerc didn't have a bad weekend but just yeah, just didn't was missing that last
1: little bit to beat science. He so. was
2: fighting for his life for that P three though. Fair play to him.
1: Yeah. I feel like again you know that meme of like uh, P1, P2 and P3 going absolutely crazy <laughs> that was definitely this weekend yeah and I think again
0: similar to with Perez I think Sainz just had nothing left in the tank by the time it came to Leclerc so he was quite lucky to maybe keep that position <laughs> but... yeah those radio messages
1: were absolutely hilarious okay guys let's let's bring this home <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then it was like, I think I laughed even more whenever the engine, er, when Charles's uh, engineer came on to him, I was like, yeah, you can race to the end. No risk. Yeah. I, I was, no
2: risk. And then subsequently they almost took each other out. It
1: was the most redundant statement I think I've ever heard on a team radio. And that's including most of Ferrari. Like, so. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like it wouldn't have mattered. I feel like. If anything, they probably could have been saving face because I feel like they could have turned around and been like, no, Charles, don't race. And he would have done it anyway. Oh, yeah. No, Charles was racing him to the end of that, yeah. regardless.
2: It definitely came. There was an epitome of, sorry, the it was the epitome of the relationship that Charles and Carlos have. Definitely, it's not on the racetrack, I would say it's a little bit strained or very competitive. And you yeah. can really see it in that race.
1: But like you saw straight away afterwards in when they pulled into park Fermé, Charles got out and went straight over to Signs, and they were both smiling and laughing about it.
2: Oh, yeah, but on track, it's a different story, I'd say. Oh,
0: 100%. 100%. But that is what you want in a teammate pairing. You know, I wouldn't, I didn't expect it to be so amicable after that. I would have thought.
1: Yeah, I thought I was expecting to be really tense. And I was like, I remember when that happened, I was like, oh, I can't wait for Signs's interview. But he was very, like, he's obviously, when he retained the position, he probably wasn't going to be too upset about it. But um, yeah, they seemed really happy about it afterwards. Or not happy, but like, they were laughing about it and pretty cheerful I suppose it's pretty easy to
0: laugh about it when they both finished if Leclerc and that last on the last lap coming into turn one that, that was close <laughs> like that was if they had clipped yeah. there it
1: would have been a very very different
2: Jesus yeah that could have been so bad for Ferrari completely yeah.
1: I think I said it already I would have both been very upset but also would have laughed my ass off yeah it would have been just so Ferrari like mm unbelievable yeah. i think it would have been the most iconic ferrari moment over this year
2: <laughs> <laughs> look delighted for them delighted for the lads they got a podium yeah that's all one can ask for in ferrari
0: at home i'd love to know how much they ramped everything up for this weekend Except new engines i'd say they were running an extra couple of percent on them because when ferrari are having a shit season if they do well in monza it kind of goes away to a degree. <laughs> it takes the pressure off a lot for the season because, it's like, oh, well, at least we did well, in Monza You know, so I, yeah, I'd love to know internally how much extra power they were running through that car. Everything, like, they were complete balls to all. I would not be surprised to see them blown up a couple of times now in the next couple of races off the back of this.
2: They had one extra horsepower.
0: They had one extra
2: horsepower. <laughs> yes. That is my contribution. It's <laughs> very good. Very observant.
1: I think there's parts of the track in Monza where if a Ferrari car drives through they get a boost. Yeah.
2: Like a, a mushroom in Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 100%. Through the banana. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so I would could see Ferrari being reasonable now in Singapore as well even just off the high of that but I could see it just kind of suiting their car or something if they can get the dig under control I could see them being slightly competitive there. It's always, it's traditionally been a track they've actually done quite well at as well. Excluding like 2017, but um, yeah, I could see them maybe putting something up to them. And it's again, it's
1: such an open-ended Singapore, such an open-ended race. Anything could happen in it, so. Yeah, I think one thing that's been really good about this year, um, all the teams, all like the, I don't know what to call them because they're not the top teams, because that's just Red Bull. Oh, upper midfield, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say that the top markers. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, the front markers, yeah. <laughs> the front markers, yeah. Um it's always it's always up in the air what team what, which one of those teams are going to be performing well this weekend or what any given weekend which is really exciting obviously Red Bull are running away with it and majority of the time obviously it's just Max but every other like from 2nd to 10th you, you don't know what you're going to get and that's fantastic
2: uh, a little tidbit of Ferrari news afterwards is that after Sainz's podium uh, he went back to his hotel room and he was promptly robbed outside of his motel motel <laughs> Ferrari budget is a bit tight these <laughs> days. Uh, his hotel in Milan. So he was wearing a Richard. I'm not rich enough to know how to pronounce it.
0: Millie. 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 Sounds, yeah.
2: The watch sponsor of Ferrari. So he was wearing this watch that was almost 280,000 euro. I don't even know what a watch has to be to be that expensive. But it was robbed by three people outside his hotel. So he promptly. uh What's the word? What's the word when you chase someone?
0: He chased them down.
2: <laughs> he pursued, he, he promptly pursued the thieves. So him and his assistant ended up catching the first thief. Then his, another team member, who went unnamed, which I thought was a bit rude, caught the third one. But then his manager, I think, caught the second. So yeah, they were all of They were arrested and he got his watch back.
1: I'm surprised they went running after them. I'm sure he's not... Short on
2: cash. No, so he sorry, couldn't he, afford another watch. I don't
1: think that's clear. He didn't actually... He didn't run after them. He drove them down in his Ferrari. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: No, no, I think he did pursue them by car and then oh. by foot the article said, yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah, so he hopped in a speedy Ferrari. Imagine having the balls to go and mug Carlos. <laughs> this has happened. Like, this is how many people have been mugged down for their watch because it happened to Charles before and it happened to Lando last year. Like
0: that Button nearly got... Kidnapped in Brazil back in 2010, 2011, or something like that. There was like, and some of the McLaren team did, like, nearly did, or something. Yeah, there was a big, like,
2: wow, yeah, they have to stop wearing these fancy
1: items. Well,
0: buttons, I think, was more him, yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, he has to stop wearing himself. (laughs) That was the
1: first thing I thought of. I was like, why steal the watch when you can steal the man?
2: Because it's that that induces a lot more criminal charges.
1: Because the clothes make the man, Nicole.
2: <laughs> well, that's all the Ferrari news that we have for today. So well, well done, science! For rescuing the watch that you were most definitely gifted—not the hero w- that we wanted. <laughs> yeah. In fairness,
0: I'd say Richard Millet. Me. Mil- I like that Richard, pronunciation. Richard—they're uh, delighted, you know.
2: Yeah, free publicity. Yeah. Now go buy your watch for two hundred k.
1: A watch worth stealing. <laughs> also. <laughs> Also, like, realistically, when you look at the watch world, like, that would have been worth nothing after it being robbed. Because they're only worth things when they have all the documents with them. Yeah. So, like...
2: They still probably could have sold it for a couple of grand. Or,
1: like, imagine being the legend, like, rocking up to the local, being like, oh, lads, what time is it? It's like, yes, it's two minutes ago. It's like, (laughs) yeah, what time is it? (laughs) Also, I guarantee it definitely wouldn't have went with any other outfits. (laughs) Yeah. Like imagine rocking up in tracksuit and then this hundred and eighty thousand dollar watch. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, that's
0: enough time speaking about watches.
2: Nice, nice. Right, who do we want to talk about next?
1: Williams, Albano, <laughs> <Woo>. bono <laughs> <laughs>
0: Was he one of the lads Robin's? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Albon <That's> <laughs> Uh
0: not didn't really
1: put a foot wrong all weekend, you would really say. Yeah, fantastic race for him as well.
2: He drove that Williams.
1: He did, yeah. I would say if Signs didn't do such a good job for defending uh I think Albon would have been next in line for driver of the day, for, in my in my opinion. Same. Yeah he
0: and great qualifying to get the car into q3 and then yeah just they were well set up and now Williams are usually strong and Monza always kind of have been it's a track that they earmark each year as let's build our car around this and be good here because when they're scrapping for points usually on a season they may as well just pick a track and be good at it so they'd usually be quite good like we've seen last year obviously with De Vries the same but yeah Albon really really good weekend from him and Williams overall Seemed to be in a really good place Like I know James Fowles Came out this weekend as well And said they're Getting a couple of big names In soon
1: So Ooh. Yeah Williams on the up and up Yeah no the team Looks really strong at the minute I think it's interesting The point that you made there That teams will earmark Tracks to be good at On any specific year um, But it's odd That they chose Monza You'd think If they wanted to be good In a race, They would They would choose one That no other teams are earmarking Just to get the most Like Bang for their buck I guess because Ferrari, as well, we're going to be going hell for leather. I know they're not really directly competing, but it's well, that's it. But see, they're not directly competing, so yeah. Williams, as in setting up that, is
0: setting up to get points. You know, you we look at the last five years, Williams points have been few and far between, and against Haas and against even Alfa Romeo, you know, every point matters. So getting four, five here is huge for the rest of the season. Monza also is quite unique in that Monza sets eighth gear for the cars so they will because the gear ratios get set at the start of the year so williams basically will probably are taking a bit of pain all year round off the back of they set up the race gear around monza you know that kind of thing little things set the car up that help help out yes they, that's why they always have such high top speed around monza you know they're, they're routinely challenging the top on on that so that will help them all its little bits yeah but then you still need somebody to sit in and do it and yeah alban great defense the entire race bar when Hamilton was coming through, but I think that was fair enough. I feel like that was probably a decision he made. Yeah, well. oh, absolutely, yeah. No, if he had tried to defend Hamilton as well, he probably would have lost out to Norris. So. He would have got piastrid. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think Albon surpassed... I think Albon surpassed the amount of points won for Williams. I didn't actually put George Russell in that <laughs> sentence. I meant to say that I think... Albon has surpassed George Russell's record for the number of points won for Williams. In a weekend? No, for the team, like, ever. In a season, sorry.
1: Oh, I thought he would have defeated, like, that a while ago. Yeah, I think that
0: that actually shines better on Russell than on Albon. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Because
0: George was in two dogs of cards, but then got that podium, obviously, so that would have been a good chunk of points. That's fair, actually, yeah. And then... I
2: retract the statement, then, as praise. (laughs) Still a Still an achievement Still noteworthy yeah Uh, um, Logan Sargent Did he do anything?
0: He No No He ran a relatively alright. He finished 12th, 13th Did he not Did he not retire
1: Or was that Lawson
2: Neither I think you're thinking of Last week
1: Who was the really early Retirement in this race Yuki Oh sorry Yes, He didn't
2: even Get to the race Yeah never mind then I think Sargent did have A relatively good Like I think he's slowly but surely getting there, but obviously, like, you know, it's still too early doors, I think. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Look, and Vowels has come out multiple times and said we are very, very happy with how Logan's progressing, and there's not really anyone waiting in the wings of that seat. He's not been in the car week in, week out. I don't really see what else they, I like, I don't see anyone else taking a throw into that car that they wouldn't be spending a lot of money on that would do any better, you know. They might be picking up a couple of points here extra here or there but Albon is doing that for them. So having a rookie in that car is saving them a bit of money, giving them a bit of exposure. And, you know, we still have two American races left. That's huge for Williams to be coming in and saying, oh, we have the American driver. You know, bring them in.
1: It's also probably good long-term planning in terms of Albon will more than likely leave at some point, I imagine. I hit, like his- I
2: don't know. I think he might be in for the long run because I heard an interview recently at off the off-the-grid with James Vowles and he said that like, they're building Williams' future around him for the foreseeable future.
1: I can't imagine it would be his desire to stay there. I don't, but like, all the talk
0: of, yeah, all the talk with Red Bull recently, Albon same has never been mentioned.
1: Oh no, and I don't think it would, but but why would he stay with the Red Bull family if, like, he's already in a different team. But I mean, that takes out two teams. I don't think he's good enough for
0: a Mercedes or Ferrari. Aston Martin are pretty sewn up. You know, maybe, yeah, then... You probably, yeah. So Aston Martin, maybe Haas, Alfa Romeo or really are really your three destinations left. So yeah, I think he's enough. better off hedging bets at Williams when, when he's seeing the way that they're progressing. And also the fact that he's in there growing the team. And like that's where he's probably happy enough with Sergeant, where he's getting for the first time, he's driving car development. Because, say, in out Tauri, they never would have driven car development to one driver particularly. Because yeah, that's no probably point. a fair point, actually. So, yeah. no, I think it's the best place for him. And he's the best driver for them to have at the moment as well. So, yeah, great job. Williams. I'm very intrigued to see what they'll do for the rest of the season, but mostly now next season, because they do have a bit more money behind them now as well. So money and management apparently, you know, improves the teams.
2: Who would have thought? So Yuki obviously, as we said before, didn't make it to the finish finish line. Didn't even make it to the start line. Do we know what happened there?
0: They they said on the radio that it was engine issues. The fact that the car couldn't get put into neutral would suggest to me either electrical or pneumatic possibly as well. Yeah, the the engine shit the bed and yeah, they, they clearly had to, like multiple issues in that car.
2: Sad yuki noises.
0: Yeah, that's why it became such an event to get it off the track because 99% oh, of the time... they could
2: neut- or it wasn't stuck. Stu- it, stu- it was
0: stuck in gear, yeah. Yes. So 99% of the time they, the overrides let it out, but there was clearly a failure on them as well. So I you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I would assume an engine failure and a gearbox failure simultaneously is probably linked, you know, with some capacity. Yeah, yeah.
2: So then Alfertari's only hope was Liam Lawson, who, uh, who performed pretty well.
1: Really well, yeah. Like he was only six seconds off a point. So Yeah. Yeah, fair played him for hopping in. Like he obviously had two races now and he's done really well in both of them. Yeah, and up in the air he might get a third and it's gonna make it really difficult
0: for Red Bull who's in that car. net like given Lawson's performances I think even Yuki's seat is very much now in the firing line because there's already been rumors about Luke Yuki going to other teams so yeah I think we could see any of those what we basically have six drivers now for four seats in the Red Bull family
1: Um, Same question for that,
0: where would Yuki go? I've heard rumours of Alfa Romeo, I have heard rumours that Aston Martin are keen to bring him in in 2025 when the
1: Honda engine deal kicks Uh, in. Aston Martin seems more likely, Alfa Romeo doesn't really seem likely for him, it's more of like a lateral move? It will be more of a lateral move, yeah, but it's still
0: I suppose a move out of that and he's, he's such a marketable driver. But Honda will want him. As in, if if Honda are back in this party, you you can almost guarantee he will be in the Honda car.
1: Yeah, that seems way more of a, an option for him than Alfa Romeo. But Joe's seat
0: is apparently up in the air, so Yuki coming in there wouldn't be hugely out of the. Yeah, but that could be any other driver, though. It, mm. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's it's any other team really. I can see him landing into though,
1: on the grid. I take he pretty hold it from the year.
0: Yeah, but look, we're into his third year now, and it, if like Lawson has done competitively against him Danny Rick's performance against him will kind of decide it I think yeah I, yeah, I look I wouldn't like to see him leave the great. I think he's very talented and has just been a bit maybe undercooked but you don't get three years to be medium rare in F1 so
2: I liked that analogy Jason so then do we have any more thoughts on Alpha Tari or should we move on to the Alpha Romeo
0: Alpha Romeo the first noteworthy weekend they've had in a little while yeah getting points do,
2: yeah, I was. I was like, "What did they do again?" We literally did not see them for the whole race. Yeah. We didn't see the midfield.
0: Even still, Alfa Romeo getting points. They managed to do it in a very boring and unassuming fashion.
1: Alfa Romeo. Yeah.
0: Then we have Haas, and then on to McLaren. <laughs> so, not again. Not a bad weekend for McLaren when you look at the start of the season, but maybe first the last month or so, not great from them either.
2: Where did Landers come?
0: 8th, he was behind Albon.
2: Yeah, he didn't really have a very eventful race at all.
1: No,
0: he was basically stuck behind Albon for yeah, the vast majority yeah. of the race. I think
1: this track didn't really suit them, and then Albon done a fantastic job. And as we just discussed, you were saying that um, Williams had set up the car mostly for Monza. And then, obviously, Piastri had that incident with Hamilton.
0: Yeah, Piastri was chugging along behind them as well, so... They yeah, actually they were kind of nip and tuck at each other throughout the weekend as well It wasn't really, neither driver was getting out on top But yeah, look, they're going away with, what, four points So I don't think they'll be that concerned about this weekend
1: Yeah, that would have been a massive win for them though A couple of, couple of months ago
0: Yeah, exactly, so that, that's it's been such an up and down season for them That it's hard to draw the good from the bad and the bad from the good Yeah Asked Martin, then we're rounding out the points positions with Alonso. God, stroll out a stinker! What
2: the fuck was that? He was P twenty.
0: Yep. What the fuck? I didn't. It couldn't have been P twenty. He was in no in qualifying. He was P twenty Oh, in well, quali.
1: Sorry. sorry, sorry. I thought in the race. I was like, that, that's not right.
2: That's <laughs> I, how bad he was, Callum.
0: And I didn't hear out and about issues really at all. Oh, I, I mean, think he was just a genuine sure no he pace.
2: Can't be that bad. We obviously
0: had the test run tire. Layout this week, so I know when we did that in Barcelona, where they do hards, then mediums and softs. So I remember we had Perez and Clara falling foul of it, of not getting the tires heated up. Yeah. Maybe he had an issue with that, and that maybe was the biggest. That was the <clears throat> that was the reason for the Delta. But yeah, overall, just
2: Shite Yeah, absolutely, absolutely
0: shite I know we had talked about it previously where we were like, oh, we think he is this season, you know, in hand to kind of do whatever he wants. Not if he keeps doing that, like keeping the season hand would be as in keeping, still getting points here and there,
2: or having one or two occasional like oh P- yeah, but like like qualifying last is unacceptable.
0: Yeah, so he's gonna really need to bounce back from this weekend. Like then in the race itself, he was just kind of part of the field. Um,
1: yeah he kind of disappeared into the pack didn't he
0: yeah exactly yeah. I I never remember him challenging I don't really remember seeing him on the screen even now not to say we saw a, a whole huge pile of Alonso but at least Alonso finished 10th mm. there's points for 10th or, sorry Alonso finished 9th uh, sorry there's points for 9th
2: we didn't really see anyone in the, the I was going to say the midfield or the backbenchers either we just saw so Magnuson. did we
1: yeah he was he was, in, he was the only one Person who lapped So we saw, <laughs> Oh
2: yeah We saw him Holding
1: up the He was Because he was He basically was Keeping pace with
0: the Ferraris When they were Scrapping with each other Yeah well sure he He's getting a slipstream And probably DRS And I mean. just them Tripping over each other Like yeah But yeah But it's because We had decent action On the, the grid From First time I, I would there.
2: have liked To have seen
0: Usually something.
2: yeah Oh sorry Do you know who we forgot Just like we forgot them On the race Alpine's, Ocon, DNF, speaking of which, didn't see it.
0: Yeah, both out in Q1 as well. Uh, to come back from, right. uh, they had a, a sprint po- uh, a sprint podium followed by an actual podium back-to-back weekends. And now, yeah, we're back to good old Alpine. They just had nothing in that car
1: No, for yeah. the whole weekend. But I think, yeah, this kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, all the teams... It's very hard to predict what's going to happen in a race other than the Red Bulls winning because all the teams are very specific to the tracks now. Yeah. And so any given weekend, you don't know. Well, you could probably, if you looked into it, you could probably make a good prediction about who's going to do well on what track and which cars are set up for which... Um, events, yeah. Yeah, which cars are set up for which events. So you probably could tell, but I don't look into it that often. Uh, no, but so. even still, Alpine this weekend was a bit of an outlier. I thought on how poor
0: they were. I was not expecting them to be this far off the pace. Fair. They uh, were shite. shite, yeah, all around. I think that's a lot of teams overall. So we're supposed to do our <laughs>
2: our rankings. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this race because it was. There were some really good scraps, but again, we just. I'm torn between being like, oh, there was great from the top four, but then also I would have liked to see the midfield, even if there wasn't anything massively interesting going on. I don't know. I still.
1: I think there was a lot going on between positions 1 to 10. It was kind of after that that you didn't really mm. see much. And even then, there was a lot of good action from people you weren't expecting to be in, like, Albon, for example. Mm. Signs defending. I thought it was a really good race. I yeah, think. I think, like,
0: when you compare to Sandvort last week, where obviously there's a lot of overtakes in Sandvort, but there seemed to be a lot of action this week, not necessarily overtakes, at, yes. the, at the thick end tension, of the field. there's a lot of tension. Tension, as in it was overtaking for podiums, that kind of thing, so... I would think it better than Zandvoort, in my opinion. Obviously, Zandvoort had the craziness of the rain, but I think this managed to get close to that without anarchy in the.
1: Also, just a quick tidbit: this was the fastest F one race ever. What?
0: Yeah, because Monza is always the the low or the highest average speed. So oh. I suppose by it not having any safety cars or anything, yeah, yeah. Oh, and also it was two laps shorter. Oh, that would also probably oh, yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah,
1: didn't realize that.
2: Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, so I'm happy to rank it above Zandvoort.
1: I disagree. Um, I should look at the thingy up here.
2: No, do you know what? I sound like a bit of a, a, a sheep, but I also know. I don't know if I agree with myself. Go against the grain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I that we did love the chaos of Zanvor. Wait, Gemma, are you saying Monza was better than Xanvort? No, I... Do you know what? I'm going to completely change my tune and say that I would like to put it between Silverstone and Monaco.
1: That's exactly what I was like. I think uh, that's good because I put my mouse there. So I think you're standing there like... Hey, that's- that's exactly what I thought as well, yeah.
0: Oh, I thought it was much better than Monaco, at least. But well, that's stupid, that's- stupid democracy.
1: <laughs> yep,
2: we have no voted. Jason,
0: <laughs> clearly we know more about F1 than you I said. Yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again, democracy doesn't work.
2: <laughs> so as our top six, we have Austria, Spain, Zandvoort, Monaco, Monza and Silverstone. So to mark the departure of our good friends, Jason and Nicole... We are going to dedicate the F-Pun category this week to Australia.
1: Yes. Daniel Ricardo, Oscar Piastri. <laughs> Nothing to Leclerc. Ah.
0: Didger Yuki Tsunoda. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nicky Lightback. <laughs>
0: Shrimp on the <de> Bar <laughs> Oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> George Kangaroo Russell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know many Australian things. Land didgeridoo. <laughs> yeah. Coalifying.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Sprint qualifying. <laughs> no, shrimp qualifying. <laughs> <laughs> back. <Joutback>. Signs <laughs> mania. Oh, yeah, yeah. nice. Oceanic de vries. Oh, that's
2: yeah. actually quite good, yeah. yeah. That's a
1: good one. Valter Brisbane. <laughs> Why did he say Valter? T- T- Valtery Brisbane.
0: <laughs> Toto Walf? Like, Alf from Home and Away?
1: What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Logan away
2: <laughs> Ah There we go Well done Well done That'll be all from us this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with our preview of the Singapore Grand Prix.
1: If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It really helps if you leave us a review there. Make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen.
2: We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch the Race? all one word. And while you're there, be sure to check out these stunning, fabulous, magnificent Coley illustrations. Thanks to her for all our lovely artwork. Kissing me,
1: Iris, now, aren't you? <laughs>
0: Thanks, Mick, for his... Contribution this week to have pun.
1: <laughs> no problem at <laughs> all. I think he had
0: two actually. So thanks for listening. I will be in and out of the podcast through voice notes, etc. In the next week or two until we get set up, and then I'll be back full time and swinging. So I've been Jason. I've been Column. I've been Gemma, and they'll talk to you next week.
2: <laughs> hey. Woo.